0: and our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Would you like to extend your
1: fishing season? I know most people are fair-weather fishermen, but if you want to get into smallmouth fishing, wintertime is one of the best times to pick up the Big Small Mouth. Hey, welcome to this Wednesday edition of Living the Dream Outdoors. The Wednesday edition is called Our Watery World.
2: Our Watery World.
1: Yeah. Say pro- that
2: five times <laughs> fast. <laughs> yeah,
1: really. Yes. On the program today, I got well-known smallmouth fisherman and guy, Tommy Bench. He had his own radio show for quite some time and grew up on the upper Gascogne, and I think he's got all those fish. Named,
2: known by the first name. Except for the babies, they're just. They're, I haven't named them yet from this year, but Amy and I will get them named before too long. It won't take us long.
1: <laughs> well, Tommy, you you've been guiding for quite some time.
2: About thirteen or fourteen years, something like that. You
1: learn a little bit in yeah. 13 or 14 years.
2: And you learn a lot from the people you take. And you know, I tell people I've learned more from the, the from my clients that are paying me to take them. I've learned a lot from them collectively over the years than I have anything because they always come up with these crazy ideas that I think, that is, that's stupid. But, you know, then something works, and I'm like, that's not as stupid as I thought.
1: <laughs> well, I can never be a guide because I've taken a lot of people on fishing trips just for fun, you know. But sometimes I kind of act like a guide, and then I get the guys that want to guide the guide, you know. That happens I, I, absolutely, and that's not our favorite people to take, but in all of your experiences and everything, I've listened to your stories, you know we've fished together some and and worked on the radio together some over the years, and just had, had some good times but i've also i mean a fishing with you just incredible i've talked about that so many times of course I, I think you really upped the game uh one time i went with you because i floated ahead and put on a big breakfast spread you know for you and milo i remember yeah and but they still browbeat me john because uh you know the cook's not supposed to be a fisherman and i was i don't know it's about noon and I was in my canoe all by myself. Those guys are laughing and having fun, you know. I picked up a rod and threw a big giant buzz bait, and wham! A big old, I was shocked. A big old smallmouth hit that bait, and I'm paddling around. I'm trying to get a camera turned on. I'm yelling at these guys, "Paddle up and get up here! Get up here!"
2: He was goofing off is what he's doing. He had a giant smallmouth on the, end of the line, and I told him, I said, "People are so scared to throw a buzz bait middle of the day. They think it's just a low light <laughs> condition, didn't I? Did I? Not? You throw, did. Throw that buzz bait middle of the day, one, two, three o'clock. It don't matter. And he did." He had a dandy on there come jumping out of the water, and he's goofing around trying to get us up there. And I'm like, just get it in the boat. Remember the old saying, get it in the boat?
1: Oh, yeah. I heard that the rest of the day. But I was going to hand one of them guys – I wanted to film the whole thing, see? It's just a four-pound smallmouth.
2: Yeah, with nothing. (laughs) Just a fish of a lifetime.
1: All right. I told a story on myself. (laughs) But we want to give some people real meat today on this program, and we're talking about cold-weather fishing in January. And uh, a lot of people are just afraid to go out there, and so many people haven't. Tried it. Tried They don't even know how to start. Can no. you give them some
2: tips? Well, I'll give you the, the biggest tips I can give you. Is smallmouth fishing in the wintertime is the best. Not one of. It is the best time to go to catch big smallmouth. I agree. And then once you find out where they're at, even if you do it on accident, if you find one or two fish, one fish, there's going to be more there because yeah. they don't, they congregate. So just imagine, if you will, throughout the river system, they're spread out, 500 fish to over um, 30 miles. Well, now there's... 200 fish in one spot and 100 fish in another spot and 300 fish in the other spot.
1: And when you find one of those spots you don't tell anybody. You don't tell us all. Not even And your if you
2: do no well <laughs> <laughs> she's right next to us. I, yeah,
1: yeah, I saw her picture on the introduce her. She's not going to talk to us, but
2: I oh, got, my girlfriend Amy. She yeah. won't, She she's I, sitting beside me. She don't. She says she's too shy to talk on the radio. But I'm trying to get her to talk. She caught her first smallmouth the other day. I, know, I saw that. 19 incher. Nice. I mean, her first one was 19. First 19. one she's ever caught in her you life You better quit now. <laughs> Just quit while you're ahead No, don't quit yeah, yeah. She's and, gonna, We're going to have a lot and, of good fishing and trips And going to work
1: for Living the Dream Outdoors property. She is She's yeah. going to work for Daryl and, and Living the Dream Outdoors I'm going to tell you, if you wind up being my boss, I'm not going to like you
2: <laughs> It could happen You never it know It could happen, I don't You never know Because yeah, I'm already jealous she She's caught, pretty ambitious She caught a 19-inch I know, she has no idea out. how lucky she is how oh. fortunate, I guess. Not, not really lucky. I guess fortunate. L-
1: luck counts. Good, better. Otherwise. Yeah,
2: I'd rather be lucky than but good any day. The, f-
1: the fish ball up, we, we know that. So what They'll do you do with them? And what you
2: do is you got to slow down. Okay? So you're not throwing your traditional. A lot of people like throwing easy, what I call your easy moving base. They can chuck out there and just wind in. Chuck and wind. Chuck and wind. I like that. It's simple. It's simple, and if they're biting something like that, like a crankbait or a spinnerbait or something, you can just chuck and whine. It's great, but when they're not biting that in the wintertime, they're lethargic. So now the water's cold, they don't want to move, and then here's some people afraid of they think... Go small because they don't want to move right fast. That's not necessarily true, because they're thinking, okay, if I'm going to exert a little bit of energy that I am going to to feed, I want to make it worth my while. I might, I might feed; they might feed one or once or twice a day and be done, instead of feeding ten times a day on little minnows. So throw something big. Don't be afraid to throw a big jig or a jerk bait. Is my favorite. It's actually what. Amy had caught hers on was a suspended jerkbait. Mm-hmm. and it's yeah. simple because you can cast it out there, reel it down, you just give it a couple twitches and let it sit. Give it three or four, or five seconds, and a lot of times that's when they hit it. They'll hit it on the pause, and uh, that's a great way to catch them as a jerk bait. It's probably my number one. There's so many different ways, but like I said, you know, jerk just slow down. Don't be afraid to use something big. The Nedrig rig has become really popular. That's always something good to start with, to absolutely. find the fish.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, of course, I'm old-fashioned. I go back and use some old deep diving crankbaits, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, still catch fish on them. I, yeah. Wow, I remember the wiggle warts.
2: Wiggle warts are still good. I, n- I know they yeah.
1: are. Man, I've used them, for, I'd say how many decades, but i fished way up on a gas station with Burn Clemens. used to work with UPS. Mm-hmm. Great, great smallmouth fisherman. And that guy... He could. We'd be coming up on a corner. And, oh, I'm gonna catch a two pound smallmouth here. You know, I'm gonna catch a three pounder here. And he was right eighty percent of the time. Yeah. You know, he could call the shots. Man, made me so jealous.
2: <laughs> well, knowing knowing the river well, it makes a huge difference. A- a- absolutely, it really does. It does.
1: Well, what kind of uh, throwing those kind of baits and stuff? What kind of rigs are you using?
2: Well, me personally, I like casting gear, but. <laughs> i would I would suggest to most people out there if they are already throwing casting gear, they don't need my my advice at this point but i mean if they're if they're not, I would suggest spinning gear with eight. Eight pound line is good to start. It's good all around with a medium action rod. Just a good medium action spinning gear because you can throw the small stuff and the bigger stuff. You're not going to be throwing a rig or anything on that, but but you can throw. Definitely throw. It's perfect for a jerk bait, for a Ned rig, for a finesse jig. Anything. Those three baits will catch fish all went along. So a Ned rig, finesse well, jig. Mean,
1: yeah, you're saying uh, three jigs, but I've seen in your boat and you've got a lot more rods rigged up than three. So. What's on the rest of those
2: rigs? Well, that's not necessarily wintertime bait. In the wintertime, I can I can take two things. Honestly, I'll take well three things. I'll take three things, and that's about all I can get away with that. But you know me well enough, Bill. I I, <laughs> I can't help but have all that tackle in there because if something changes throughout the day, I want to have the option to. Oh, do
1: exactly. To Sometimes change. I wonder my canoe's going to float all the stuff I put in <laughs> it. You know, I take boxes and boxes and boxes, and oh, they slide up and down the canoe, and, and then but I wind up. Almost always using three or four baits in the wintertime.
2: Yeah, almost do. And, and that's like I said, you got the wiggle ward. That's a very popular one. Um, a jerk bait is my go-to. If I had to choose one, it, or yeah, it'd have to be a jerk bait. It have to be a jig would be my number one all year. I mean, that's the one bait I've told you. I've said this long time. A jig is one bait that'll catch them all year long consistently. And, and why is that, Tommy? Because it's it's effective. Okay, so. It just—I I don't know. You know, I really don't know exactly why because it's—it's it's subtle enough to where they don't have to chase it down. Okay, like a buzzbait. I love throwing a buzzbait, but they really got to work. They—they got to be super right. aggressive on that buzzbait. Right. They're not always aggressive in the fall or in the winter time. Like right now, they're not going to chase a buzzbait well, like that. Well,
1: can you fish that jig differently to make it imitate different types of absolutely? Baits? And change okay.
2: the colors so you can change the colors in like a blue and some some bluegill pattern. And, and now you're imitating a bluegill, so right. you can swim it. You can put a swim bait on it and use it as a swim jig, or you can—what uh, I like to do preferably is imitate a crawfish because they're always eating crawfish. Exactly. Whether people believe it or not, crawfish always exist in that river. They think, oh, they hibernate and do this and do that. <laughs> There's a reason why they eat that jig in the crawfish pattern all year oh, long.
1: All you got to do is get on a gigging boat in the, in the wintertime. That's it. And, boy, I'll never get down on— uh, Jack's Fort River one time, a bunch of riders were down there. And we went out just riding and looking on a gigging boat, you know, standing on those lights. And boy, did I ever make a discovery. There were, I mean— hundreds of big crawfish, and I actually got in trouble with Joel Vance, who I mentioned earlier, passed away just a week or so ago, one of the finest outdoor riders I ever knew, because I found the same to be true on the Current River. I mean, they're giant, six, eight-inch crayfish, and I got to fishing with those with an ultralight yeah. rig with just a piece of bacon tied on, and we'd catch 7,500 of them have a big crawfish boil. Right. Well, Joel Vance really chewed me out because, man, you don't need to be giving that away, because they got wiped out way back in the day because People were taking grass sacks and putting garbage in it in and, and a rocket. Coming out
2: with hundreds of them, wasn't Yeah,
1: they? once they crawled up on a grass sack, they were stuck.
2: Well, and getting back to winter fishing, it's no different. Him talking about being upset it's no different than these winter holes. People need to respect these winter holes and Good understand point. you can literally clean them out. And the fish population... The smallmouth population We all know how long they take to grow And you know how, we, how I feel about that But I mean the wintertime They're so vulnerable Because now they're all right there Congregated in one hole So there's a couple spots And a lot of the locals know it It's been ruined over the last 10 or 15 years Because too many people Told too many people about it And they'd go in there And keep their limits every time And it just it cleaned them out And it ruined it And so like you said You find these special places in the wintertime You kind of keep it quiet
1: and Absolutely And it takes some work to find those Unless you've done it like you have for three decades or more. Yeah, long time. And, and, and you can probably, uh, every winter, you know where to go. Exactly. Yeah, you eliminate probably 90% of the water.
2: That's right. You do. You eliminate 90% of the water, and you know when it gets that cold, those fish are going to be there. And hopefully you can keep it to yourself or a small group like us four like in, inside this
1: studio. E- right exactly. Now. I'm sure not going to tell anybody. I wouldn't even take my wife because she'd beat me again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,.
1: But you're you're being a guy. Now I've got to ask this, and this is probably an unfair question. So uh, somebody pays you to take them down the river. Do you just immediately rush to those holes, or you let them enjoy the drift, you know, and float down the river a little, and, and earn that fish?
2: Well, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Absolutely. It depends. I try to put them on the fish as quick as I can. But getting back to the secret, to the... The secretiveness, I guess, of, of that spot, I won't take a local. If I know it's someone that lives around here, I refuse to take them because they'll go back and they'll pound and beat it up. I'll take someone that I know it's gonna. they're going to have to make it an effort to drive three or four hours one way to do it, and they're not going to do it every day.
1: Do you know I moved further east?
2: Oh, did you? Are you hitting around? Do you want to go? <laughs> well,
1: you know why I want to go. I might even cook breakfast for you. you hey,
2: know. I'll tell you what. That gravel bar gourmet is about the best eating you can get on on, on the gas on any river on any gravel bar. Uh,
1: hey, as long as
2: it's, you put as long as you put a
1: little bit of sand in the recipe, you'll you'll be fine. It's amazing. Well, well, Tommy Bench, I'll tell you what. How do people get a hold of you if they want to schedule a trip? They
2: can call me at four one seven seven one eight seven seven one six. Or I used to have a website, but now social media is taking over. Just find me on Facebook, at Game River Guide Service, or Tommy Bench, or just just find my name. It'll come up somewhere. Or like I said, call me at 417-718-7716. Well,
1: Tommy, take, thanks for the tips, man. And uh, we're going to have you on not, oh, pretty soon again because I don't think you covered near all of the winter fishing tips.
2: I don't think so either. Th- thanks for
1: listening, folks. This is Living the Dream Outdoors.
0: The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, and the Fly Rod Journals. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day, we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do at living the dream outdoor properties we believe that it's not just land it's a lifestyle join us five days a week on living the dream outdoor podcast as the living the dream outdoor dream team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting fishing and outdoor recreation opportunities host bill cooper an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.